It is a joy to have you with us this morning at First United Methodist Church. My name is Scott Taylor. I'm the Director of Music and Worship Arts. Um, there's a, a number of church life announcements that we'll be talking about, but before we get to that, um, I'm glad to have Mary Skelton here to talk about our Reed ministry. Thank you, Scott. In preparation for Mother's Day, it's coming up, you know. Get ready. Two weeks. Um, <laughs> Bill got the message. Um, we are um, today and next Sunday, following each service, you will once again have the opportunity to support the mission in Ecuador through Reed. For any donation, you will receive a card. You can give this to honor or in memory of your favorite mother, sister, aunt, female friend of your choosing. Featured on the card is a mother with some of her children. This is a woman who has received your dollars in aid to send her children to school. This is a woman who wants the very best for her children. This is a woman whose eldest child has completed high school and is now in a nursing aid program, nursing assistant program, and will be the first member of her family to earn a regular income. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for you. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. We have a, a number of events going on at the church that I want to make you aware of. Um, first off, this evening at 7 o'clock is our joint program with Western Carolina University um, that will feature our chancel choir and the Western Carolina Concert Choir. We had a rehearsal yesterday with um, everyone in here, everyone on the program, and it was just an incredible energy, um, fabulous music making. I'm as excited about this as I've been about anything I've done in a long time. It, it's just such a joy to be a part of it. Um, we have a lot of connections. Uh, one of the soloists from Western is one of our Junaluska singers, um, um, Jacob Plasted. I think I got that right. Um, and, and so we're excited to have him back, and we look forward to welcoming um, our friends from Cullowee into our church today, and we hope to make this a yearly event. Um, so I appreciate all the support that you can give to that this evening. Also, um, it is the time of a lot of music, as it seems, um, and we're not even to the summer yet, but next Sunday is our Music Makers performance um, when we will be having a combined service with 840 down in the gymnasium, and we'll also be presenting the performance up here at 11, and they are doing a musical about Daniel in the lion's den and Daniel's um, encounter with King Darius in captivity in Babylon which will really set us up well for this summer because what we're going to be doing with Bible times is also the, um, the exile of the Jewish people in Babylon. So we're looking forward to, uh, to, to entering into that part of, our, um, of the Old Testament with the kids. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, next week you don't want to miss it. It's, uh, it's really fantastic. 
Um, that reminds me also, I want to just say how thankful I am to have um, Anna with us this morning on the flute. That's just absolutely beautiful. Thank you for all you're bringing to us. She also teaches with us in the Music Makers program, and we appreciate um, having you in our community, Anna. Community Impact Day and Pig Picking is the next thing that's right around the corner, if you can believe it. We're only about a month away from that first weekend in June when we go out into our community and into our uh, ecological community and, um, and spend a day in service, followed by um, an, an afternoon uh, square dancing with Joe Sam um, and eating pork barbecue. So we look forward to that coming up that first week in June. That's uh, all I have, with, with exception, I almost forgot. We also next week, I apologize, also have uh, the community choir concert that Kathy will be leading. And that's next Sunday evening at 7? At 4 o'clock. Good. You got it? It's probably printed somewhere there. So 4 o'clock next week, and they're going to be doing a new piece by Dan Forrest called Luke's. So we look forward to all the beautiful music that we are bringing into this space over the next 10 days. Thank you so much. As we enter into time in prayer together, I invite you to be in prayer for a personal reason. My um, brother's wife, Erin, is in labor at the Birthing Center in Asheville, and so we are anxiously awaiting their first child. My brother's name is Adam, um, so prayers for them as they are in the throes of it right now. Um, also, prayers for um, several members of our church who have lost loved ones this week. Um, we've lost uh, three church members in the past week. Um, so please be in prayer, continued prayers for Becky Davis's family. Um, this is Maggie Melville and Anna Rogers' grandmother. Um, her service was here on Friday, um, but continue to pray for them. Also, uh, we received news that Frank Dillard died. Um, so please be in prayer for their family. I wasn't able to locate information about um, his service yet. Also, Sid Frank died. He's been in Boone in a nursing care facility there, closer to family. Um, and his service is this Wednesday. I'm, I'm sorry, he died on Wednesday, but his service will be this Friday at 2 o'clock um, at Mountainside Lutheran Church in Linville. Um, if you'd like to uh, acknowledge him and, and give thanks for his life, um, please, please do so. Wonderful man in our church. So let us um, go to God for a moment of silence and then prayer together. Holy and most merciful God, we give you thanks for creation. We give you thanks for your power that through your spoken words, the world as we know it came to be. We often don't celebrate the variety that there is in nature and give thanks for all the intricacies 
that are a part of it. All of the complexities that make this earth rejuvenate. All of the complexities that make our very bodies function. We thank you, O God, for giving us dominion and power, some power as well. May we use our power to rejuvenate the earth, to make decisions that are the greater, for the greater good of the whole, and to constantly consider ways that we might honor and love and cherish your creation. When we hear stories of the ways in which the earth is being devastated and how animals have plastic within them, and coral reefs are dying. And we can think of so many other reasons to be sad and to mourn and to be, even be depressed by it. That we don't remain in those places. But we look to you for guidance to know the way forward, the way to move in grace through the power of your Holy Spirit to make changes to have those changes ripple throughout the earth. We thank you for messages of hope that within the power of one individual or even as, as one body of Christ in this world, we are able to make a difference. We are able to replenish your earth and to, and to be a part of creating ourselves. And for that, we give you thanks. We pray this day for the needs of our people, for the people of our church who have lost loved ones this week. We pray for Becky Davis's family and for their grief at this time. We pray also for the Dillard family and the Rogers family at the loss of Frank, and for Sid Frank's family at his loss, his nephews who were caring for him for his service. And for all the other things that we know of that are burdening us today, that are concerning us, all of those celebrations that are welling up within our hearts, we turn them over to you. For we know you are God who cares about us and all of your world. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. And now let us join together in the prayer that God has taught us through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. With generous and gracious hearts, let us receive our offering this morning. Return to God, God's tithes and offerings.
our scripture reading this morning is from the Old Testament, from Genesis chapter 1, beginning with the 26th verse. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a, a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And then God begins to speak. Into darkness, God speaks, and it's a darkness without form or shape. And light happens. And God names the light. And I find it interesting that God also names the darkness. God gives darkness a name, as if darkness was worthy of a good name. But it was, because everything was good. God speaks and the sky happens, and dry land happens. Its form separates the waters into seas and oceans. And God keeps speaking, and the tomato happens with its seeds so that the tomato can keep happening again and again and again. Then the apple happens, and, and it has seeds too. And so orchards can grow and grow and keep on growing. And God speaks, and the sky is filled with lights, sun, moon, and stars. And God keeps talking like this, and the sea begins to swarm. 
and sea monsters happen. And Nemo. And in, in fresh places, long before the water reaches the sea, a rainbow trout swims. It catches the light. And wings start flapping and soaring. God just said something. And the earth starts to tremble. Because the northern white rhinoceros happened. And the dirt starts to move from underneath. Because there's a groundhog now. And an earthworm. Imagine this power to speak from nothing. There is no other power like it. Imagine the, the delight. I like to uh, try to imagine God's delight in all of this. You know, the, the psalmist says, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. I wonder if God laughed out loud at, at some of the, the stuff he came up with. But God consistently takes a step back and just looks and marvels at the beauty. God calls it good. And we know about this because we do it too. We, we stand on the beach early in the morning and we watch the light paint the sky and burn the water on the horizon, or uh, we sit on the little bench uh, in the evening up at Water Rock Knob as the sun salutes the coming darkness with a spectacular display. We wake the kids up at 2 o'clock in the morning and we grab the sleeping bags and we stretch out in the driveway because the meteors shower the summer sky. Barefooted in the garden, man, look at that okra. Sitting at my grandmother's table after the dishes are cleared away and you can smell the apples coming out of the oven and they're coming right in your direction and she calls them turnovers. Man, that's a, that's a good, good day. And then on day six, God spoke. And we happened. And there was something really special about that. It was, it was different. I don't know if you've noticed, but of all the creatures that God created, it is only to the human creature that God speaks directly. There is a, a different more intimate relationship. And God gives the human creature dominion, power, and says, Sub subdue the earth, fill the earth with good things, be fruitful in the earth, multiply good things. There's no way to know how much time passed, but Sometime later, 
darkness that God never intended appeared on the earth. It was a darkness that, that God knew was possible the moment God began to speak. But that's the risk that love takes, I think. So sin enters the world and things become not so good. Now there's violence and there's war and there's the Holocaust and there's slavery. To have dominion and to subdue, it can become my justification to use all of the earth's resources for my pleasure and for my greed. And so um, it's frightening how easy it, it becomes for me to abuse my God-given power. Every year, our plastic waste in water and coastal areas kills up to 100,000 marine mammals, a million seabirds, and countless fish. On February 27th of this year, a sperm whale washed up on the beach, dead, with 64 pounds of plastic and waste in its stomach. A report just came out that in the last two years, because of the warming earth, because of the warming seas, half of the corals in the Great Barrier Reef have died in just the last two years. Um, one environmentalist said that that would be like for us losing half the trees in the Appalachian Mountains in just two years. On, Mar on March 19th, just a few weeks ago, the last male northern white rhinoceros died, the last one. And, and it makes me sad, these things. It can be depressing. Not to mention how we treat people. James Cone is a, a liberation theologian. He said, in 1987, the United Church of Christ Commission of Racial Justice issued a its groundbreaking report on wastes and toxic wastes in the United States. This study found that among a variety of indicators, race was the best predictor of the location of hazardous waste facilities in the United States. And Dr. Cohn says, we need to link the Earth's crisis with the crisis in the human family. If it's important to save the habitats of birds and other species, then it at least should be important to save black lives in the ghettos and prisons of America. As Gandhi said, the earth is sufficient for everyone's need, but not for everyone's greed. It's sad that, that some things are lost to us. But healing is possible, which means there's hope. The earth and humanity, I believe, can emerge from the darkness. We can recover and we can heal because that's the way God created it from the very beginning with the ability to heal. I haven't read all the details and I don't know for sure if it was Thursday or if it was Friday of this week but there was a, a summit on the south side of the border 
that was dividing the two Koreas. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and South Korean President Moon Jae-in made a historic pledge. Did y'all read about this? Not only to officially end the Korean War by the end of this year, but also to remove all nuclear weapons from the Korean Peninsula. And my heart leapt. <laughs> and I was reminded that the power one person on our planet can have, either to bring life and peace or destruction, This week, um, we invited the Reverend Kevin Bates to come, uh, our green team. I don't know if you know, we have a green team. And uh, Kevin came on behalf of the, the Creation Care Alliance. And after the meal on Wednesday, he, he gave a presentation. And he's the pastor at Piney Mountain United Methodist Church in Candler. I was really impressed with him, young pastor with lots of energy and, and passion for God and for God's creation. So he, his lay leader who was with him just said, you know, when Kevin came, there's this little plot of, of ground in the church. And he says, that, that little spot of grass could be a garden. <laughs> so it became a garden. And the vegetables that they grow, they, they take to their community. And we saw pictures. And not only will they take the vegetables, but they, they take light bulbs. You know, the light bulbs that are designed to, to save the planet and not destroy it. And he showed a video. I'm going to show it to my confirmation class this morning. How wolves change rivers. You can Google it. You can, you can watch it. How wolves change rivers. How uh, in 1995, the wolves were reintroduced into the Yellowstone National Park after an absence of 70 years. And just a, a, f a few wolves, the way they dramatically changed the, the whole ecosystem and the geography even of, of the park, it's, it's phenomenal. But it gives hope. Like, because sometimes I'm wondering, what can I do? Because these, these things that we are saddened by are just so big and seem so out of reach. Just yesterday, I was in Gastonia all day with the, the Board of Ordained Ministry as we were um, not so much interviewing candidates, but kind of judging or hearing making decisions on um, ministry projects that they were to start in this uh, small rural church in, in Marshville, Marshville United Methodist Church. 44% of their community is African-American, 42% is Anglo, and 11% is Latino. And there are racial issues. And this little mostly Anglo church wanted to do something. And so they began just going into the community where people who were different from them lived. And they began throwing parties. They began raising money for scholarships so kids in poverty could uh, go on the eighth grade class trip to Washington, D.C. And I experienced their passion as they were fighting back tears at their love for people and their willingness to take risks and to do scary things. And it gives me hope. Walter Brueggemann says, the human creature attests to the godness of God by exercising freedom with and authority over all other creatures entrusted to its care. The image of God in the human person is a mandate of power 
and responsibility. The dominion here mandated is the dominance of a shepherd who cares for, tends, and feeds the animals. Or if transferred to the political arena, the image is that of a shepherd king. Thus the task of dominion does not have to do with exploitation and abuse. It has to do with securing the well-being of every other creature and bringing the, the promise of each to full fruition. A Christian understanding of dominion must be discerned in the way of Jesus of Nazareth. The one who rules is the one who serves. Sidney McCroy, our, our preschool director, dropped by my office this week because she knew the subject matter of today's sermon and she said, this is one of my favorite books and obviously it's a, it's a kid's book because she's the preschool director and it's, he's got the whole world in his hands. I read through this book and sang the song because nobody else was around to hear. That's when I sing songs. If you go to the Rockefeller Center in New York City, outside there's a huge statue of Atlas holding the world and straining under it. If you cross the street to St. Patrick's Cathedral, you can find in there a, a statue of the boy Jesus. And he's gently holding the earth in his hand. I, I say this a lot. But I truly believe that the living body of Jesus is the world's great hope. That's why keep being a pastor because I really do believe that because we've been given dominion and because we understand how to hold each other we know how to hold the earth so my prayer is that God will help us with that and that as we go all the healing that needs to happen today and in these days to come, in my life and in yours and on this earth that we walk, will happen because God speaks.